I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Thursday, February 13, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Let's get the big picture view, then we'll drill down and get granular. I have a pretty good list of notes today. There's stuff going on. We've got divergences. We had a couple of hokey things going on. So we're going to unpack all that stuff. We're going to take a look around the horn. We're going to take a look at all the markets. We're going to look at a variety of different charts. And we're going to learn stuff. We're going to get a sense for where we are. And we're going to take a look at some things that might not be obvious to the naked eye. Where are we on the chart? Daily chart. We're high on the chart. We basically made another new high today. Didn't close at a new high. But we're basically at all-time highs on the charts, give or take a couple of points. So is there anything technically wrong with the market? Absolutely not. You have to take it at face value. The duck is, it's bullish. There's nothing wrong with the market. Obviously, we could have a black swan event. We could always have a black swan event. What is a black swan event? It's something that comes out of left field. We can't see it coming. We wake up to a huge gap down or something like that. Those are always possible. They will happen at some point in time. You just don't know which day it's going to happen. From a daily chart perspective, we really don't have a lot more to discuss. Did anything change from yesterday? The S&P cash index closed down five points from where we are yesterday at 3,373.94. Five points is a rounding error. So therefore, let's talk about something different. Let's discuss something tangible, something we can sink our teeth into. We need to be reminded it's an awareness type of thing. The market has gone down three Fridays in a row. The third one back was the 24th of January, Friday down day number one. The next one was on the 31st, down Friday number two. Last week, Friday was down. It's over here. And then this week is where we started down and the market ripped up on Monday morning. What happens on Valentine's Day? Well, let's remind everybody that there's also a three-day weekend coming up. We have the President's Day holiday on Monday. Monday, February 17th, is George Washington's birthday. As far as the New York Stock Exchange is concerned, the markets will be closed. So then there's a couple of things going on. The three-day holiday weekends leading into them tends to be bullish more often than not. It's an awareness. It's not a guarantee. We're just going over the things that we discuss over and over again when these type of occurrences happen. Now, for a moment, let's discuss what happened last night. The market was actually rejected at one point, and it came down pretty sharp. Here's a snapshot of an intraday 15-minute ES chart. This is the futures chart, contains the aftermarket and pre-market data. This is what we're focused on. This candle here at 1,900 hours, down pretty sharp, about 20 points. That, at least from where I sit, is classified as a rejection. 
from whatever price it was, it was at a high. But not the exactly normal. But we want to note up a couple of things. Came down There's twenty points to be learned pretty fast. On the chart, then all there time. was a subsequent so for decline. For this, we'll switch over to an hourly chart. It makes all the, way the down viewing to about of what I'm going to say just a little bit lower bit than that. Easier. Over so we talk about points down overnight into the wee hours of the morning, and then all of a sudden, by the end of the day, and the high happens to be thirty-three to fifty. Well. We know that those price levels are typically resistance at least on the first run, if not more. So, let's take a look at what happened today when price came all the way back up to test what? The breakdown candle high. They tested it, but they never closed above it. If you look at the price and you see the closing prices, 33.82, in the next candle, 33.82 and a quarter, and then the next one collapsed down, they never closed above the breakdown candle high. So for illustration purposes, and also, by the way, real life purposes, this stuff works over and over and over again. So here's what else we can say. Even though that's at a new all-time high, the same rules apply. As soon as, if, in fact, they close above the breakdown candle high, there's another leg higher coming. Where's that next leg higher going to go? Well, look how close we are to ES 3400. We're at 3377 and change. 3400, we've been talking about it for several days. It's really just a stone's throw away. It's a chip shot. It's a gap up on a Friday morning. Will they do it? Will they surpass it? Will they come up short? Will they even make an attempt? All these questions will likely be answered Friday morning. Just to reiterate something we discussed last night, we're at a convergence of important numbers. They're not going to all show up at the same time, but look where we are. 3,400 in the futures, 3,400 SPX or the cash index. NASDAQ Composite so far has made a high, 97.48. Again, very close to 10,000. That's a very, very big number. How about the Dow? 29.568, a few hundred points from 30,000. 30,000 is an enormous number. It's a whole lot bigger than you might realize. Is it all this easy? Are they just going to go and do all the numbers and then get rejected from there and collapse back down? It never happens like that. It never happens like you map it out. Maybe they get there quick. Maybe they don't. Maybe they have some kind of corrective move and then they go get it later. We don't know exactly. We'll know more sooner than later. The SPX is closer to its 3,400 number than those other indexes are to those big fat round numbers. But keep in mind, then there's another one above. 3,500 would be more important than 3,400 in the S&P. Keep that in mind. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. 3,500 would likely coincide with NASDAQ 10,000 and Dow 30,000. It's almost too good to be true. Let's switch topics for a second. And while we're doing that, we're going to switch charts as well. 240 minute chart. I want to talk about the candle, the last 240 minute candle. This one here that ended 1330 today. Now, what I'm about to say, these candles, they don't all work out the same every single time. But we want to take a look at a candle that looks like this. It looks like a reversal candle. Now, it's not really a reversal candle. We're high on the chart. It's just a green candle. But what happened was... Price was down early, finished strong for the day. That's generally a sign that higher prices are more likely than not. Doesn't work 100% of the time. Nothing does. We know all that. 
However, when you look back on the chart, you see a candle like this, higher price followed. Candle like this, higher price followed. Candle like this, lower price followed. So you have to be on guard. It doesn't work all the time. Candle like this, higher price followed. These candles, higher price followed. So I just want another set of awareness type of things. Just want us to be aware of it. 120 minute chart, same routine. Are we going to break the trend? Are we going to break the trend of a down Friday, the fourth down Friday in a row? Are they going to go in the other direction? Will it just be a dud? Will it just be a Friday floater? I'll tell you this. The market is jittery. There's two things going on. Everybody knows it's very high on the chart. Everybody knows that the market takes the escalator up and the elevator down. So there's a lot of traders that are looking to catch a big vacuum on the downside. That can become a self-fulfilling prophecy if you have a pile-on effect. So in a market that is jittery, you have a lot of traders that are willing to just step aside or pile on the downside if they see downside coming. That causes a vacuum to the downside. Markets can scale down very, very quickly. If you were around in 2010, you'll remember the flash crash. Somewhat similar type of scenario is what I'm discussing. When you're this high on a chart, this far away from home base or the 20 period moving average, which by the way, happens to coincide with what? A low of a breakup candle, 330. I'm just using this as an example. I'm not saying it's happening, just using it as an example. If price began to scale down tomorrow, next week, the week after, whenever it is, it's nothing for price to come into the 20 period moving average doesn't have to happen all in one hour or all in one day, but it's really not that far away in the big scheme of things, and they always revert at some point in time to home base. So just to put it in perspective, that's 70 S&P handles from where we are. It'll feel really, really bad while it's happening, but in the big scheme of things, it's not that much. It's just a matter of perspective. It's an awareness. Understand where we are, what we're looking at, what we're up against, what reality is and what it isn't. Back to the 120. As an aside, when I look at a candle like this, I'm saying, all right, here's an anomaly in the big scheme of things. The market has basically been consolidating up in this range all this time minus one candle. Well, here's what I do know. A, they missed this gap. B, if they're down here again, they're not down here to fill the gap. They're down here to go lower than the gap under normal garden variety market conditions in a setup like this. So if we find price down near the low of this big breakup candle, you have to be on guard. Now these type of decisions are made in real time. We can't know what's going to happen in advance by projecting something that may or may not happen at some point in the future. But what I'm doing is I'm letting you inside my head. This is what jumps off the page when the chart populates the screen. You want to hear me discuss what the first thing that jumps off the page is. Those things are generally money. What's going on over in Camp IWM? It's interesting. Finish the day about up four-tenths of 1%. That's more interesting than it might appear on the surface. The S&P was down for the day, and like everything else, the IWM was down as well. The IWM recovered only it had a better recovery than did the S&P. So if you're just comparing and contrasting the last segment of time on each chart, and we'll use the hourly chart for this one, here's the IWM and here's the SPY. 
Not by a lot, but the IWM seemed to have a more robust recovery. And since it is my favorite market-leading indicator, it's of note. It's a puzzle piece. It has to be on the table. What else we got in the IWM? Right, the breakdown candle high. Guess where we are? We're above that. We closed above it. That's important information. As long as we remain above 168.01 daily chart closes, this is bullish and they're going higher. That's just the way it is. That's the duck on its face. Using the 80-20 rule, the duck is going to be right about 80% of the time. 20% of the time, you find out it's an ugly duck. What's doing down at the transportation department? Another interesting thing, not that big of a deal today, but interesting nonetheless. If you're a numbers watcher, a chart watcher, an activity watcher like I am, you can't help but notice this stuff. So price finishes above all the moving averages. However, had an opportunity to certainly get below the 20 and the 50 period moving average today, fill that gap, and stay below there if they so chose. However, they chose to do the other thing. They chose to recover and close back above the moving averages. So when you're learning to read and the market is telling you something, we're learning to read the tape, read the market. What the market is telling us, what this chart is telling us, the transports, it was telling us, I'm not going to get below the moving averages. I'm going to stay above. We use them as a guideline. So therefore, our guideline is bullish if it has to be anything at all. That's the takeaway. How about looking at it from a different vantage point? Here's a 120-minute chart, and let's just look at it objectively like this. We've had a big move up, and we're consolidating, right? We can draw it like this. We can say that's consolidation. We can say that the market is consolidating above all the moving averages. It's grinding higher above the 100-period moving average. Here's a breakup candle low, 10955 and change, closed below it once, right back up somewhat of a rope-a-dope, if you will. So therefore, as long as price stays above the low of that breakup candle, guess what? They're good. You can generally find something on most charts to hang your hat on. The idea is to find something very, very close to price to hang your hat on. Because if we're going to be wrong on a trade, we're doing analysis, we see the analysis produces a possible opportunity, we take a trade, we want to be close to risk. Close to risk means we found a spot on a chart where it makes complete and total sense where if price gets above or below, then the trade is off the table. It's no longer the same setup it was when we took the trade. Therefore, the facts change. We have to move out of the trade or a la cut and run. Therefore, we want to be close to risk. Therefore, lose small and fast if we have to lose at all. That's the deal. Do we have anything to say about the triple Qs out in Silicon Valley? Not really. Seven cents removed from yesterday. What in the world could we say other than they're high on the chart, it's bullish, there's nothing wrong from a technical perspective until there is. At some point in time, we'll get a gap in crap, an intraday reversal. There'll be some kind of a sign at some point in time. Until the point that that comes, it's bullish period, full stop. XLF, maintaining the price above $30.98. It's mainly important at the end of the month, but we're at highs in the XLF. Again, here's another chart where there's nothing technically wrong. It's bullish, period, full stop, until it's not. 
How about the SMH, which is the proxy for the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index, which, oh, by the way, is a proxy for the tech space. So a derivative, meaning a proxy for the proxy, is up today about 1%. There's nothing wrong with the SMH. If it's a proxy for the tech space, it's not indicating anything other than bullish. So what do we do with that? We just move along. I recognize the market is in the redonkulous. The market always climbs the wall of worry. It's doing it right now. It's climbing the wall of worry. Do I have my email indicator fired up? Yes, I do. Is there anything tangible in the email indicator? Interestingly enough, no, there's not. It's nothing there. If I'm using the email indicator, I'm saying higher prices are coming. If I was flooded with emails telling me how price is going to keep going forever and the market's going to go up another 20% from here, then I would be singing a different tune. But at present, got nothing. Got to bring back something we haven't talked about in quite a while. So we're refocusing our attention to the intraday SPY chart. What about this little shimmy down here that started in the afternoon? So the market was at the highs and then all of a sudden we had a nice sell candle and it dripped lower for the rest of the day. Now, if you scan the news and you want to know if there's something tied to the decline in the market, what was that thing? Well, and here's as far as I'll go. You know I hate to tie the news with the market and all that stuff, but here's what it is. Repo Man was back. So the Fed made some kind of a statement that apparently they may be reducing the amount of repos they're doing, not by a whole lot, maybe 15 or 20% the way I understand it. But it's just the point that they brought back the topic of Repo Man. They don't need to say anything about those repo operations. However, under the covers, there's something squirrely going on. You know it. I know it. The fans at home know it. Nobody's aware of what it is just yet. While we're on the topic of news, I might as well do this one too. So here's the continuous ES futures contract. Now here, this was the coronavirus last night. So the market drops on some kind of news that changed with the coronavirus. Maybe it was getting worse in China, or they recounted, or they changed how they count the cases that are reported. I'm not real 100% sure on exactly what's going on over there. You know how I feel about the news. I would rather the market tell me what's going on. I don't really care what kind of news item they plug in after the fact. Now, I am aware that algorithms are programmed to be in sync with the news. I get all that stuff. It's just not something I can wrap my head around. I'd rather just look at the candlesticks one at a time. But the reason why I brought this back up is because of that jittery thing. If, in fact, that coronavirus deal starts to really snowball into something more material, then it's not to be taken lightly. 20 points will seem like a walk in the park. And the 30-some-odd points that went from high to low will seem like a pinprick. But that's not what we have today. We're in the bad news is good news, good news is good news, no news is good news, any news is good news type of environment. That will change when the character of the market changes. Until that point in time, very difficult to fight the tape. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. You all know that by now. This is a pretty good place where I'm going to pull the ripcord for this evening. I'm David Frost. My strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My strategic forecast is hosted by David Frost. 
subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis. Thank you.